Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hello there, Lorecast listeners. Sergio. And Mary. And we just wanted to jump in really quickly before the show gets started. Uh, we discussed um, the latest or what was the latest in the ongoing OGL uh, situation mm-hmm. with Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro and and their, the changes they wanted to make to the open game license with Dungeons and Dragons. And literally uh, the day after we recorded, uh, they <laughs> dropped a an absolute i don't want to say bomb because the bomb is it implies it's, like something it's a bad. glitter bomb so it's, it's a happy a, bomb they dropped a uh a gigawatts worth of flowers i don't know what uh, uh how you measure um that amount of flowers but uh, an entire right, city perfect. worth of flowers onto mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh water deep um and yep. D beyond the official twitter account released a statement saying that they are leaving ogl 1.0 in place as is untouched touching which it. was the hard line in the sand that many mm. in the ttrpg community were taking absolutely didn't think that 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 compromise would be made um but there i will uh we'll update the um the show notes to include the um the new statement as well as remove the uh, right. survey that right. we mm-hmm. uh that we discussed in the middle of the show yes uh but really quickly um, the statement says, like, when you gave us when you give us playtest feedback, we take it seriously. And more than already, more than fifteen thousand of you have filled out the survey about the OGL. And so here's what beautiful. you said: eighty-eight uh, percent do not want to publish content under their proposed OGL one point two. Ninety percent would want would have to have some uh, change some aspect of their business to accommodate OGL one point two, which is probably why eighty-eight percent don't want to publish under it. Yep. Uh, 89% are dissatisfied with the authorizing OGL 1.0A. So that's nine out of 10 folks, nine mm-hmm. out of 10 people. Uh, 86% are dissatisfied with the draft virtual tabletop policy. Yep. And over half, 62% are satisfied with including the SRD, the systems reference document in uh, creative comments. And the majority of those were dissatisfied, uh, who were dissatisfied, asked for even more content. So like 62% right. were like, hey, that's cool. But uh, majority of those that weren't in that 60% said like, I mean, yeah, but we want more. And so the three things that they're doing are uh, they're leaving, like I said, (laughs) OGL 1.0 in place as as is untouched. And they're making the entire Entire systems reference document uh, 5.1 available under a Creative Commons license. That's what got me super excited. Um, and there's a link and this isn't like, you know, like we hope to see this done as quickly. Like this is done. In the future, this is... this is their official announcement that they are doing. They've closed the survey that we mentioned in the middle of the show. It doesn't exist. So just 
ignore that part of it entirely. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to, um, if you wanted to uh, make your voice heard, um, let uh, you can rest assured that uh, other folks did it for you. And <laughs> they were uh, shouting. Yeah. And but yeah, we, keep talking uh, about it. Still um, yeah, keep talking about it, though. It's it's fantastic. Like I said, we just wanted to um, add this in really quickly before the show because this is this is huge news. This is um, this is everything that we could it have is. possibly wanted. Uh, and it's um, I I li- I li- literally legitimately cried when I found when I yes. when I read this. Uh, I love yes. this game so much, and I love the community so much. And the past few weeks have been uh, utter turmoil <laughs> personally. <laughs> And I can't imagine, um, and that's just coming from, you know, from just someone who loves the game. Right. We're not in a position where it is our job, where it is our, our livelihood at stake. Um, but it's still the effect that it was having on the entire community that we love and support. Like I'm 100% behind them. And I I can't imagine, you know, how, how it felt for those folks who, like you said, their livelihood did depend on it. Like, you know, they're, Mm -hmm. you know, whether or not they could pay their rent or their mortgage or food on the table, what kind of was determined. Yeah. If that's what keeps a person going for any little bit, it, you know, it matters a small business even, or the larger branches too. And it just, I, I very pleased with with the way that this is moving forward it's the there's a paragraph after the three things that they're doing that really hit for me and that was when i started messaging started messaging sergio like (laughs) did you see this i had to quit crying first it's the the sentence it's open and irrevocable in a way that doesn't require you to take our word for it that right there was just the cherry on top for me like okay okay yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, that, that, like that last phrase, like, you know, that doesn't require you to take our word for it is they uh-huh. know that they screwed up. They know that they, um, there was a lack of transparency, which made yeah. uh, the community at large sort of, you have to second guess what they were saying. Like, is there everything you're saying? Mm-hmm. Is there a caveat to this? Is there a poison pill hidden in something? Is there, is there a devil the in the details? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, like I said, I love this game, um, probably mm-hmm. more than anything beyond like people in my life. <laughs> oh know, yeah, like, no, it's, it's top 10 for sure. Um, uh, and, top five. and so it's, it's fantastic that I get to enjoy it in a way that, um, you know, that I was enjoying it, you know, uh, last month, you know, relatively, yeah. um, you know, unfiltered and, you know, um, problem Without free. that underlying, yeah, that underlying tone has just been it's been a lot so yeah like i was like man like i'm not really even excited for this heist anthology coming uh, out next month you know like i uh-huh. haven't purchased Tyr- the tyranny of dragons re-release with a badass new cover mm-hmm. uh like the movie's coming out in six weeks and like i've i'm like i i don't even know if i want to see it you know yeah. but yeah this is awesome it's fantastic that all being said continue to support third-party publishers yes. continue to support indie publishers mm-hmm. try new games i picked up a bunch of them if if the money aspect of investing in another game go check things like humble bundle yep. go look Absolutely. at Cobold press go look at all those places and poke around because you will find deals you will definitely find them i got a bunch of stuff this week i have not even started to look through it but there's so much yeah like playing other games will only enhance, uh, enhance your dnd experience mm-hmm. because yeah mm-hmm. as we all know mary and i are both huge proponents of homebrew and yes. house rules 
and mm-hmm. including some of that stuff in a an adventure in a D&D adventure or a campaign uh, can only make it more fun. Like the exactly. like the DCC, like the Dungeon Crawl Classics way of doing magic is yep. fantastic, so much fun. Uh, they uh, and so like doing something like that, you know, incorporating that into your yep. into your 5e campaign uh, can only make it better and more fun in my opinion. That's that's Absolutely. what we're here for to you know it- to get together, have fun, uh, make connections with people. But oh, yes. so yeah, let, let's let's get to the show. Uh, like I said, well, this was supposed to be like a quick two minute like thing, but <laughs> it's a very emotional time for the both it of is. us. We're, we're both very like stupid, big old grins on our face and everything <laughs> while we're having this conversation. It is yeah. beautiful. It's um, we we won. We slayed the dragon. We did. We did. We, we all level up after a long rest. Yes. Oh, I did a long rest. I did a long rest last night. It was absurd. <laughs> all right, let's get to the show. <laughs> yes, let's go. Robots Radio presents. You're listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons and Dragons. Welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. My name is Sergio. And I am Mary. And this week we are coming to you live from the multiverse for our <laughs> monthly patron roundtable. Unfortunately, uh, usually we're joined by our uh, by Coffee and Darkwing. Uh, but I believe, I guess coffee might be um, be held up somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, wish them the best and hope to see them soon. But we mm-hmm. still have Darkwing. We still have the bearded oh, okay. punk rock rancher himself, uh-huh, Darkwing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Say hello, sir. Hi, everybody. Nice to see you all. And this will be interesting because this month mm-hmm. we are talking. We uh, we're doing a Dungeons and Dragons casting call. We've got <laughs> we've got a brand new D and D movie coming out uh, here in a couple of months. Something that I never thought we would see um, again. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, because of what happened in two thousand. Um, <laughs> so and so it was just one of those things. Like, oh, it's just you can't do it. It just it it can't be done. Um, but when you I, fumble so bad, it's not worth trying again. Uh, yeah, it's. It's one of those like you roll a nat one, mm-hmm. and then like maybe there's like a, a second mechanic where it's like okay, like let's see how bad this this failure is. Roll another d twenty, and then you roll another nat one. It's like okay, you try to open the door and end up uh, breaking every bone in your body <laughs> somehow. You try to open the door and it eats you. Uh, yeah. Roll a new character. <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> So you're um, done. Oh my god! Yeah. So uh, what's uh, and what's funny about the the 2000 movie for our patron bonus episode in uh, in March, we mm-hmm. will be doing a um, in February or March. I can't remember. Uh, leading up to the the new movie's release, uh, Honor Among Thieves, we will be doing a, a mystery science theater 3000 style uh, viewing of the 2000 Dungeons uh-huh. and Dragons movie. Uh, so uh. it'll be Mary and myself uh, <laughs> watching this very bad movie and making jokes the whole time. Going to uh, try to bring the other, my other half on for that as well. Cause oh yeah, absolutely. Better. 
and uh yeah it's gonna be uh it's gonna be quite an experience but we've got we like i said we've got honor among thieves coming out at the end of march uh but we you know it's leading up to this point we always wondered what you know what kind of what would a D movie look like what would a DD uh prestige television series look like and so that's exactly what we're going to talk about this this month we're gonna we're gonna do our casting call for our dream D projects and and mary you said you had you that you've discussed this at length with uh, a friend of the show <laughs> mellow yes and, and um some of our other party members and friends yeah this has actually been a conversation a few times and so yeah and so like i mean I, this was um, this was actually, and I'm so sad that he's not here because this was Coffee's idea, and I was like, "That's a freaking great idea!" Because yes. like, what D and D nerd hasn't done this? Yeah. Like, or what? What? Like, you know, when yeah. you're reading, when you're reading one of the Dungeons and Dragons novels, you know, when you're reading like an Elminster novel, like, you know, who do you envision in your head? Yep. What, like, what actor do you envision uh, in your head as as absolutely. Elminster? What, you know, what actress do you envision your in your head as uh, as Caterbury? And so. It's a, it's something that I'm sure we've all done, and so it's it's fun. It's gonna be fun to talk about. So what? What? Tell us, because you, like I said, you said you were willing to go first because it <laughs> I was, did. I volunteered. So, so bonkers. So no, let's hear it. it is. I did. I volunteered to go first in the initiative order this time because it is. I I am gonna lead with. Do not take anything I say super seriously. Because that's how I kind of run my tables most of the time. I mean, it, it sounds like your typical D&D table, but go It on. is absolutely the typical oh, D&D yeah. table. So I have an entire premise, plot oh, yeah, lines and everything. Yeah, like hear, it's, it's the, the whole plot. synopsis. Let's hear the plot. <laughs> okay. So the plot is the D&D party gathers to play. DM never shows up. So they're all very concerned because their DM had been hyped about trying out this new AI type tech, like stuff that'll kind of integrate everything together and makes it more of a virtual reality type situation, right? Everybody shows up to do the thing and they get there and DM never shows, right? So they all go to figure out WTF, bruh. And they are approached by the um, giver of side quests and teller of extremely long side quest stories he tells them that this big corporation that had created the tech you know big corporate corporation incorporated would have to be the name very 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 good name there you go (laughs) working title (laughs) like insert corporate big corporate corporation corporate name here (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) title pending and so this, he, he tells them that this company has got it set up to where it's actually taking the DM's consciousness from multiple DMs across the world to try to create the ultimate one and render them obsolete because there had been a shortage. I swear, I'm not touching on anything that's occurring currently, and it's super not personal. Say, <laughs> is, is this satirical of today but if it's not okay i mean if you say it's not, yeah no totally totally made up not relevant to anything occurring in life so with this being said the party then gets told that the only way to be able to play again is to do a heist and retrieve their dm so i asked my players who would play them in a movie 
and which of their characters they would send in and who would do the character's voice as well. Okay. This was my silly premise that I've gone into. So, of course, I have a half-orc barbarian that would be um, played by the Atticus himself as himself because he's got a cameo, you know, um, as Corn Hornblower, his half-orc. I have a water genasi warlock paladin who would be voiced by uh, Stephanie Beatrice, who actually does Maribel in Encanto. Right. Uh, she's uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. She plays... Yeah, that too. Brooklyn Nine-Nine was the other one I've not witnessed. And she plays um, Detective uh, Rosa... Um, uh, I can't remember now. <laughs> I would love to help. I know exactly who you're talking about, but it's... <laughs> like the no-nonsense one. Yeah. Uh, Rosa Diaz, that's it. There you go. Um, my friend of the show, Mello, who is the person I've discussed this with at length, um, would use, he said he would send in his uh, Kinku Ranger to go assist with this. And then my final player is uh, yeah, James who, Locke. Who's voicing the, the Kinku Ranger, though? Oh, I, I have I have the answer to that question. Let me pull it up on my phone because I forgot to write it down. I mean, I feel like it would be someone um, like with a very distinctive voice, like a very like shrill voice too. Interesting. Interesting. Um, He had chosen for himself John Carroll Lynch. And what's great about you know, this activity is that it's going to be full of actors. Well, it's going to be full of actors that like, I'm looking up John Carroll Lynch right now and I know exactly exactly who it is. I I know exactly who it is, but (laughs) I couldn't for the life of me um, have told you who it was without seeing his picture. Like he's one of those character actors that Mm -hmm. he's like, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, he's from, he's that guy from that thing. Yeah. I know. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Cause he's just kind of in a lot of stuff. A lot, oh, yeah. a lot of stuff. Right. Uh, John Carroll Lynch, uh, yeah, he's been in uh, he's been in Face Off. He was in Zodiac, Gran Torino, mm-hmm. Shutter mm-hmm. Island. Mm-hmm. Um, he was uh, um, uh, Drew, Car- uh, Drew Carey's brother on the Drew Carey show. Yep. yep, yep, yep. He always has a little bit of Stephen Fry energy to me, and I can't not see it. Just a yeah. little bit. Just a touch. But, so he would have that's who would be doing him and then also being um our kinku whistler's voice okay okay so the party adventures out to go rescue dm from the tall tower at you know never ready and hits every single DD trope along the way i want every single one of the most ridiculous over-the-top tropes to be hit want all of the monsters that everybody expects the things that you hear about every single time the beholders owlbears the all of that stuff in it and it would need to be the cheesiest most ridiculous over-the-top plan for something that could have been solved very simply because that is what happens at the table yeah the front door was open Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was unlocked the entire time and they just had to walk in and they made way more the players never consider just like hey can we just like try the front door someone tries to (laughs) fight a door (laughs) can we just like try knocking can we try asking have we have we knocked oh okay 
<laughs> so that is where we have ended up. So was, what is what is the name of this D&D movie? Oh gosh, I didn't think about that. I didn't think of Did a name. Do we have to title it? Yeah. Have, n- movies, I'm really movie, bad at titles. Movies or TV things. shows typically have titles. They have to have a title? Typically. Usually. Yeah. I don't know. Give me... Uh, mm. It's a working title. Title pending. I'm not sure. <laughs> Critical failure. Critical fail. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. <laughs> Uh, I asked this question on the uh, D&D Lorecast channel of the Robots Radio Network Discord and got a lot of great answers. We got um, uh, uh, GM Stewart, our uh, our erstwhile uh, host and good friend. Uh, he said it would be a dungeon crawl, dark, scary. Oh. They'd be looking for gold and glory because they're all desperate scumbags. A paranoid beholder would be at the bottom of the dungeon in the dark. And this is a fantastic, this is, this would be, uh, this would be like the opposite of Mary's movie. That's completely <laughs> like goofy and irreverent. Yeah. This would be like, this would be what like, um, would be on like HBO Max or on AMC. This would be like the thinking man's like D&D, like, like the Mad Men of D&D TV shows. But would it take movies. itself too seriously? Um. It, I mean, there would be some levity for sure. There would have to be, but for the most part, they play it straight, and it's somehow it still works because I mean, look at this cast as the thief, and this is uh, this is awesome because it seems to like be going back to like a little like AD and D era. Mm-hmm. As the thief, you've got Daniel Day Lewis, which I mean, anything, yeah, anything he does. All like, right, yeah, it could yeah, be yeah. the most ridiculous premise, like you know, uh, like four strangers going into a dungeon to seek gold. Uh, and it, he could still make it work uh, as the cleric uh, Brendan Gleeson, who again is one of those like character actors that you probably um, like know who who it is as without knowing who up. it is. Uh, he was uh, Mad Eye Moody in the Harry Potter movies. Uh, he oh. was the father in uh, Twenty Eight Days Later. That was my. That's how mm-hmm. I always know him as like, oh, he's the yeah. he's he's the dad in Twenty Eight Days Later. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, so he's in. Uh, he is in in Bruges with Colin Farrell, another great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the warlock, I thought this was um, uh, pretty inspired. Julian Moore, or, or not Julian Moore, Julianne Moore, and mm-hmm. and I was like, I never would have guessed her as a warlock, but oh yeah, now, now I, I can't it. unsee it. Oh, that makes yeah. perfect sense. I see it. It really does. And then as a fighter, Idris Elba, who I. Like I love oh, yeah. always. Yeah, he's uh, well. I would have to go see it just on that. I mean, like yeah, the cat. I mean, if any movie that has that cast, I don't care what it is. The fact that it's D and D as well, like, is even better. Hmm. Uh, Jabble said a uh, a saw type movie, uh, a saw slash as above so below style horror movie. Interesting. Like, based on the Tomb That's... of Horrors would be pretty neat. Uh, Jumanjin. They would love to see, and they're not sure why, but their brain wants Danny DeVito and Eva Green to be in it somewhere. Somehow, just have to have, have it's interesting because Ava Green and Danny DeVito. Everything's, <laughs> talking everything's to my, uh, yeah, talking to my, um, my one of my other players, Locke, who he wants Ryan Reynolds to cameo as him, which I'm totally on board with. It it makes perfect sense. He actually mentioned Danny DeVito as a possibility for his bard. Yeah, Danny DeVito's fantastic. It's a Smurf Neblin bard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Oh, 100%. yeah. For sure. For sure. Like, 
Yeah, I get it. He also mentioned um, Warwick Davis would also have been a good, yeah, of course, solid for Branome, my paladin's twin. The the twin of Ganome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You and Bruh. <laughs> so, uh, Bright Paw Thirty Two uh, wants to see a Time of Troubles movie, which would be like, oh, uh, or a retelling, yeah. not necessarily a movie, but Time of Troubles would be fantastic. Would be epic. Would be, yes. you know, Game of Thrones meets lord of the rings meets the wheel of time it would be completely epic i love it um and they would want uh D game designers and celebrities to cameo as civilians so like you know your your ed greenwoods or your ra salvatores your matt oh Mercers. to do a little bit of a stan lee type thing yeah exactly that would be dope. Oh, i love that i love that so much uh nightshade qx says benedict cumberbatch as a braxis wren from eberron which is fantastic. Uh, you know, I, 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 it's crazy because Eberron made the transition to fifth edition. Yeah. But I feel like it, it gets overlooked so much, be, but it's such a fun setting. I but, have some folks there currently and I love it. But uh, a Sharn based lighthearted mystery romp. So, you know, something akin to like Knives Out probably starring yeah. Benedict Cumberdatch would be fantastic. And then uh, we've also got, uh, from our other um, patron, Tex Tinstar, I asked him, and he came back almost immediately with an answer, just a few hours later. Mm-hmm. And he said, Jack Black is an instant cast as the Bard. Yeah. Which, 100%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, when I, I don't know, uh, we discussed it on the show, or it was just on Twitter, but like someone asked, like, what celebrities would you want to play D&D with? And mm-hmm. Jack Black came oh, yeah. up constantly. Like, I, oh, yeah, we bet he would be fantastic at it. Absolutely. Uh, Tilda Swinton as a sorceress. Yep, 100%. Okay. Uh, Henry Cavill as a paladin. Again, this casting is just 100% on point. Oh, I love it. Uh, da- uh, David Batista, you know, from uh, Gardens- Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy fame, WWE fame, or Terry Crews as a barbarian. Again, <sighs> on point yeah. uh scott atkins as a fighter uh, scott atkins he uh, again one of those um like if you if you know who he is you probably uh like can know who he is by face rather than name but he is uh one of those like martial artists turned actors in like the jean-claude van damme sort of uh, mm. uh vein and so him as a fighter just makes a yeah. ton of sense. He's been in a whole bunch of that. like uh, fighting style movies already. Uh, and he's going to be in the new John Wick movie. Oh, uh, yeah. And then uh, it says uh, Ray Fine. think about Keanu Reeves. Shit. That's true. <laughs> Danny Trejo not... as a fighter would be pretty solid, too. I oh. consider Danny Trejo a lot. I tried to shoehorn him in. Shoe we have just in. broken Darkwing. Um, I know this is an audio format, but he is questioning every life choice he has made up to this point right now. <laughs> I am. Very much. <laughs> yeah, I try just to get Danny try. Trejo in. I mean, he would have to be like... Uh, you know what? I'm actually changing one of my one of my casting. He'd be and pretty I'll, solid as a monk too. And I'll let you know uh, once I get to my I just my movie or my TV show. I love that um, all of you so far. Everyone has picked like a big budget film, and mine is like the YouTube shorts version. <laughs> like, <laughs> it makes my heart so happy because it's so true to form. 
And as the big bad, he has Ray Fines, which would be fantastic. PBS version. <laughs> uh, yes. I, and he says, or, and this would be my choice, Peter Weller. Like Peter Weller as the bad guy in a D&D movie, the guy who played RoboCop. He was oh. in Naked Lunch. Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, he oh, like, he yeah. has like, those like high cheekbones and sunken cheeks that like that guy just, he, he's got the look for sure. He does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then again, uh, he also mentions like, you know, a bunch of like, you know, fun cameos like Joe Magnanello, like Stephen Colbert, uh, John Favreau, oh. Matthew Lillard, a whole bunch of like D&D nerds, Matt, you know, Matt Mercer, of course. And then everybody from the D&D lore cast. So we get oh, to no. join. We get to join WAG and and get uh, residuals yeah. from the D- from Text Ten Stars D and D movie. I'd have to be a dwarf. Nice. Big would be, beautiful would, pink glittery beard. You would be the no. You'd be the the tavern the the, the barkeep. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'd, I would be. I don't know who would I be. I'd be um, uh, like the guy who tries to scam the the party. Like tries to sell them, uh, like tries to sell them like wrong information, and then, uh, they get then gets caught up and ends up, uh, you know, nearly crapping his pants before telling them the truth. <laughs> that would be me. That would absolutely be me. Yeah, Darkwing. Yeah, I've heard you. <laughs> me, I, I'd probably be the dude in the stockade that is getting stuff thrown at him. No, you would no, you'd be the you'd be the one that like you know uh, uh, sells them the horses. Oh, I'd be happy to sell you a horse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the, the druid changes back, <laughs> and their horse is gone overnight. <laughs> like what happened yep. here? Good business. We're going to take a quick break for the middle of the show. When we come back, we're going to uh, uh, spoiler alert: Darkwing and I have cast the exact same movie. And so we're going to review notes and compare casts for Legend of Dritz, The Crystal Shard. Interesting. Welcome to the middle of the show. Mary, what do we do in the middle of the show? Oh, gosh. The middle of the show. We got all kinds of stuff. Uh, That's where we talk about stuff from the DMs Guild. We talk about... Whatever interesting D&D stuff's happening and coming up this week. And thank our patrons. First and foremost. Yeah, always. Top of the middle, which I guess is the almost the top, if it's a hill. Like the, yeah, like the, the uh, top of the middle of the show. <laughs> yeah, the top of the middle of the show. <laughs> First and foremost, of course. Want to say thank you. Uh, you guys support us and make all of this possible by continuing to be a part of what we do um it genuinely means the entire world to us and is just so awesome so thank you thank you thank you yeah the fact that you know uh the support that we get through the patreon helps Mm -hmm. us make the show bigger and better all the you know wacky ideas that we have to to grow the community uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's flabbergasting because, like, I was telling a coworker, I forgot how D and D got brought up. Well, probably because I bring it up and I try to bring it up in every single conversation I have. Yeah, I was I know? was gonna immediately blame you. We were talking about D and D. Don't know how it got brought up. Uh, I wonder how that happened. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> um, yeah, like you know, just the other day, I was you know telling this guy about you know D and D, and he's like, 
um, can you please just, you know, stand still while I take this x-ray of you? Uh, and I was like, all right, whatever, doctor. Um, so anyway, uh, talking to D&D, talking about D&D to a coworker. And I was like, oh, yeah, I have a D&D podcast. And she's like, do you really like, you know, my uh, my boyfriend's like super into it, like, you know, wants to play. Da, da, da. And so I um, I was like, yeah, like I, I've got, you know, stickers. I'll bring you some. Nice. And so I brought her one of our, you know, one of our lore cast stickers as well mm-hmm. as uh, several of the stickers that we send out as part of the sticker pack whenever you sign up for the Patreon. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I like, you know, when people say, like, oh, I got a podcast, like whatever, like, like, oh, you have like a legit podcast. Like, and I was <laughs> like, yeah, like we have a pretty awesome community and we do. You know, and we have uh we have weekly shows and, mm-hmm. you know, we do, uh, we have a whole lot of cool stuff planned for 2023. Yeah. And like I said, like a, a whole lot of that wouldn't be wouldn't be um, possible without the support without you guys uh, from the Patreon and the support, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, from the entire community, whether it be uh, following us on Twitter, you know, um, mm-hmm. interacting with us on 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 that platform, as well as Instagram and um, soon to be uh, upcoming TikTok and Twitch, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as the Robots Radio Network Discord, yes. the D&D Lorecast channel there. You know, that's um, just and leaving reviews on on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, like yes. all the all the little diff, all the way little different ways that actually mean a whole lot it that does. you can support the show. And so, yeah, so thank you so much from the bottom of both of our hearts. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't share a heart. We each no. have our own separate heart, mm-hmm. and we thank you from the bottom of each one. It's true. That's that, it's, like, it's a lot. Like that just made me think like i've got to write an adventure or i got to write something where where two beans share a heart and what that means oh for uh for the love festival that's coming up next month or well no i was i was going to say like um like they each like one wants to kill the other oh got it so for so for I, the like, love festival like that's coming went, up. You went romantic and I was like, oh no, one wants to kill like, no, they each want to kill die. each other because they because they only have one heart and yeah. and that's not possible to live two people with one heart. That's yeah. fair. <laughs> two so, kinds of people. Just yeah, the insights into the kind of personalities uh, Mary and myself have. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh going into some D D news. You know, um, we have been talking about uh, the everything that's been going on with the OGL mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, the what the leaks that came out that, you know, Wizards has backpedaled on. And mm-hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago, they put out like um, I feel the most the most transparent statement they've released so far. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether or not that's transparent enough, you know, is going to be uh, subjective It's going to, you know. Mm in the eye of the beholder mm-hmm. but uh they did release a um like a play test like survey concerning yes. uh what they are calling the OGL 1.2 mm-hmm. and i feel like you know like it's i feel that the the OGL 1.1 was a egregious overreach on the part of Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast definitely in, was in terms of what they were trying to do uh like what you know move with you know with moving forward into the next iteration of D&D mm-hmm. uh and I feel that 1.2 uh 
uh, is them course correcting uh, as much as they are willing to. Right. And so I think, I can't remember who it was that we follow on Twitter, but, but they said, this is, this is the process of negotiation now. You yeah. know, they came with a ridiculous offer and we, as a, as the, you know, D and D and as a whole TTRPG community yep. told them to go screw themselves mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they Definitive came back. No. Yeah. They okay. came back with uh what looks to be like a better offer but at this point it's now time for us to start making demands and start making I agree. uh you know making our you know desires known and heard and yes. it's exactly what you can do in this survey yes i would also like to say that in addition to doing the survey please keep posting opinions in public forums as, as well that way it continues to have more mass coverage. And I'm not saying to go shout and be belligerent. No, say your opinions, say it well-spoken and well thought out and leave it there. That way they have to listen. If we keep talking, people have to listen at some point. And so, yeah, definitely, um, definitely do what you can Mm -hmm. to, um, Guess, you know, try try to make the future of D&D as good right. as possible. We're not going to let it just get swept under the rug <laughs> and just pretend it didn't happen that way. Would like to see actual actual effort and I want both sides to be able to come to some sort of compromise. Would be fantastic. We can find a workaround. We just got to get the uh get everybody at the table in agreement. <laughs> right. And so uh, that being said, you know, like um, we had someone on the uh, Lorecast Discord channel ask mm-hmm. uh, just recently, uh, how, <clears throat> excuse me, how, you know, like how we felt about the D and D movie coming up, which is you know a month and a half away, mm-hmm. and I I um, am very much, I, I couldn't be more excited about it, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. except for all of this going on with the OGL. It's kind of cast a pall on on everything D and D like, you know, it's it hard to really, get excited about, uh, it's hard to, yeah. Next it's... month's, uh, heist anthology, you know, uh, <sighs> keys from the gold keys of the golden vault. Uh, it's hard to get, you know, very excited about a whole lot of stuff, but uh, there is a new trailer out. We have a link to that in the show notes. And I mean, the, the, subjectively in my, like, in my opinion, like as far as like, I say, subjectively, subjectively, uh, or objectively, in my opinion, um, I mean, removed from, you know, all like the complicated feelings I have concerning D&D right now, like, you know, just coming from like someone who loves D&D, the new trailer looks so freaking cool. looks so good. It does. It does. It looks pretty awesome. And I, I am excited and cautious about these feelings. I'm cautiously excited. No. Yeah. And, you know, um. I just, I mean, I hope, I hope the movie's good. I hope that, uh, I mean, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I being am... good would also be a step in a good direction. I'm just gonna, just gonna throw it out there. That might help sway things. Like I'm very cautious. Ends. I'm like, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about the, mm-hmm. what the future holds for D and D, uh, you know, right now at this point in time. Same. But, uh, this uh, so this episode we've been talking about like our own like if we were make, to make our own D and D movie or D and D TV show like you know what what would the plot be who would the cast be, 
And so I was looking at the DMs Guild for something uh, that might kind of coincide with this conversation. And I found something pretty interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. I found a, a little thing. It's called the Movie Going Dungeon Master. How oh. script writing techniques can help you build better stories for the tabletop. Oh, okay. This is from Lucas Firstana. First, Firstana. Uh, and has a suggested price of one ninety nine, and in this book you will learn which techniques are used to write movie scripts, uh, how to use these techniques to plan and prepare your RPG adventures, and then mm-hmm. how to expand these techniques to build engaging campaigns. So, essentially, what he's done or what they've done is uh, take you know like the the building blocks of writing a movie script. Which mm-hmm. you're, you know, your basics are, you know, your your first, your second, and your third act. You mm-hmm. know, your first act is sort of like the introduction, like sets up the the conflict. The second act deals with the conflict, uh, and the third act being the climax, sort of like is the resolution of all that. Right. And so, using the sort of like these building blocks of you know how scripts are written, how movies are made, how you know, uh, you can make uh either a you know one shot adventure or even a campaign, which you know, I like so many times I've had, you know, folks say like, I would love to start a campaign, but I, I just, yeah, I wouldn't know, like, I don't you know, know where I, to like, start or I don't I, know yeah, how to do this part. Like I can do the world building and, and do all that, all the lore, mm-hmm. but like, you know, how do I start, you know, the story? How do like, you I'm know, one as, of those people. I'm and, one of those. <laughs> well, then this is, this is this perfect is for, for you. Me. The movie going dungeon master. And of course, a link to that will be in the show notes if you're interested. I would definitely recommend picking it up if you're interested in writing your own adventures, uh, you know, building your own campaigns. Uh, but yeah, like, absolutely. It's something, it's a very cool tool, I feel. I Yeah, absolutely. It looks great. That being said, let's go ahead and just jump back into our casting call. What do you say? I am ready. Huzzah! Huzzah! Welcome back. We are going to finish up our D&D casting call, patron roundtable chat. Mm-hmm. And as we alluded to before the uh, middle of the show, Darkwing and myself actually cast the exact same movie or, you know, TV. mine's a TV show. Mine's a prestige TV show series. Uh, but mm-hmm. we both cast The Legend of Dritz, The Crystal Shard. And we did this without talking to each other about no, this yeah. at all. I, after I started working on it, I I figured like uh, this is probably what Darkwing is doing too. And I was actually, because I thought, I was like, I should ask Darkwing what his thoughts are. Like, oh shit, he's probably doing the exact same thing himself. <laughs> See, I love and it I was, so much. I was thinking that, yeah, I was hoping I was going to be the only one that's like, I could do the Brotherhood of the Griffin. No, no, we're going to go with Dress. Nobody else is going to do it. No one else is going to do it. <laughs> it's too mainstream. Everybody's going to avoid it because it's the obvious choice. Exactly. Um, but it's so good though. So I do, you want to do this uh act a uh, character by character, like who you cast for, you know, one character, and then I'll I'll say who I cast for that character. That that sounds like a fantastic idea. Uh I believe uh you went with a live action idea first, I did. though, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I, I'm going the animated route and I wanted to use uh Jindy Tartoski, the guy who does Samurai Jack, uh Powerpuff Girls use him as the animator 
Oh, okay, so that style. Oh, yeah. yeah. This might so. be the nerdiest conversation I've ever heard in my life, and I just <laughs> wanted to point that out real quick because that Thank feeling you. just came over me. Like this is this is real deep in the nerd territory. It <laughs> might be the nerdiest thing I've ever heard. Carry on, this, I love um, it. This is what you get when you listen to the D and D lore cast. You get <laughs> you get super nerds getting super nerdy about nerdy things. Yes, it's exciting. <laughs> Right, so yeah, so so you got uh, Samurai Jack, Powerpuff Girls style animation. Uh, mine's live action. So who did you cast for? Uh, who did you cast? Let's start with the with the villain of the story, Akar Kessel. Okay, so that's what I was doing over here when I was losing my mind. Uh, it hit <laughs> me that instead I was going to use Mark Hamill. As the voice of Akar Kessel. Yeah, I mean, and then classic. at the last moment, changed it Willem Dafoe Ooh. as Akar Kessel. I I considered Dafoe. Um, it's yeah, I I considered it for sure. I, I wanted somebody uh, more age appropriate for the role. You know, I wanted someone uh, you know uh, in their twenties, maybe thirties. And I say that, but then the person I cast is actually like almost seventy, so like, it doesn't make any sense. But but Perfect. in my mind, as I'm reading the Crystal Shard, and I, I envision Akar Kessel, this is exactly who I pictured. And I pictured Michael Emerson. He was Benjamin Linus in Lost. Okay. Uh, he was the the like nerdy, like spectacled guy in Lost. He was also he played a serial killer on the practice. Uh, he was in Arrow. He was in he's in person uh, of interest. Yeah, person of interest. That's the one I recognized him for. And I just immediately I, I pictured this guy because this guy can can play like this sniveling sort oh, of like he's so good at it weakling, but he can also be absolutely terrifying if need be. I like that's a really it. Good choice. And that's sort of like the character arc that uh, Agar Kessel has in the book. Yeah. So yeah, that's like, that's why I like Willem Dafoe. He could just start off that naivety. He can he can pull that off. And work mm. into just that crazy losing his mind with the power at the end. That is just right. Yep. Solid decisions. Solid decisions. Did you happen well, to right. cast uh, Dendibar the Mothold? I did not. Uh, well, because I I I wanted to get a few of the characters. I mean, they they do show up in the beginning of the Crystal Shard. They have a larger role. Uh, a somewhat larger role in the in the second book, Streams of Silver, and and for those interested, we will be discussing all these books, the lore behind the books, and and mm -hmm. you know what happened uh, next week, uh, next week's episode. Yep. But uh, Dendi Bar, I did initially cast as Steve Buscemi. Oh but... man, I was trying to find somewhere to put him in here. <laughs> I'm glad that you found. That's a really good choice. But now I kind of want to cast him as Danny Trejo. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, again, like Danny Bar, I mean, he, to me, like he seems like a very like, you know, weathered, grizzled character, but also somewhat intimidating, you know, which Trejo has that in spades. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, very much. So who did you cast as, I'll, I'll say I cast as Regis, I cast... From Community, from Atlanta, from uh, Solo, I cast Donald Glover. 
which is good. I like that choice a lot. Uh, I went with Peter Dinklage. Nice, nice. What's the rationale behind that? Well, he did such a beautiful job of being such a short, smartass in uh, Game of Thrones. Mm. And honestly, after Game of Thrones, it's all I've ever seen Regis as. Like, right. even, if, even if I was going to do live action, I, like, which is where I started, I, I like I started with Regis. Peter Dinklage was my live actor. When I decided to change it to animation, I kept him. He's got a great voice. He's recognizable. Mm. And I, I believe he could really bring that that just bit of comic and serious that Regis happens to have. No, yeah, that's exactly why I cast on a Glover because, you know, like they can definitely be the smart ass. They can definitely bring the the levity to the proceedings. But, you know, um, and we'll like I said, we'll discuss this next week as we go further into the Icewind Dale trilogy. You know, Regis' story gets a lot darker and a lot more serious. And so like mm, yeah. you know, that that turn is is needed for whoever, you know, th- that that turn is going to be like that that range is needed for whatever actor portrays mm. that character. So, Caterbury, who did you cast as everyone's favorite adopted dwarven daughter Caterbury? So, I went with Rose Leslie. Uh she was uh Game of Thrones. John Yeah, John Snow's love interest and free folk. Egret, I believe her name was. Yeah, mm-hmm. Egret. Uh I was, that's what I was like. It was like her name, her name. Uh, but yeah, she. And that's actually the only thing I know her from. It was uh, between her and that was about it. I just couldn't find anybody that would just fit into that role. And it was actually one of my players was like, have you thought about this one? And I said, no, and didn't initially go with it. And then finally went back her voice. Because uh, Caddy Bree's going to have that dwarven, almost Scottish mm-hmm. tone. Right, right. Perfect. Perfect. Run with her. So this was inspired by the recent, I, it was, um, I don't know if it was this past time now, if time was ever sort of like uh, an abstract thought that really truly doesn't exist, it has become more so in the past couple years. Uh, I don't know if it was from this past Christmas <laughs> or 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 two Christmases ago, but uh, the MCU Disney Plus Hawkeye t- uh, TV show. Uh, Haley Steinfeld. I would cast as Caterbury or Sadie Sink, who plays Max in Stranger Things. Uh, that was I, a suggestion. I believe would have, I, th- I believe either one of those would have, you know, both uh, the acting chops, the range and the look to to perfectly and enca- you know and enca- enca- capture Caterbury's you know spirit and personality. And Wolfgar, Wolfgar was a fun one to cast, and this one's a bit outside the box for me. Wolfgar, you know, for those uh, you know unaware, he is he is a barbarian. He's close to seven feet tall. He's just a like a mountain of muscle. Mm-hmm. Uh, various times throughout the book, you know, Salvatore describes his like you know rippling muscles, you know, in a in, a, in a in an intimidation factor. Uh, yeah, so it's huge. I huge. cast a a WWE wrestler. Oh, I knew you were gonna pick a wrestler. <laughs> I mean, 
This dude is 6'9", 350 pounds, and moves like an offensive lineman. Actually played in a few preseason games for the Vikings, which, you know, is even better because he played for the Vikings and he's going to be playing Wolfgar. Uh, He's known as Commander Aziz to the WWE Universe. But, you know, to his friends and family, he's Babatunde Ayagbusi. And he's, like I say, he's just... Oh, no, you're right. And he's like, he's got... And he's not... I mean, he can he can bulk up for sure. But, you know, physically, he's got this, like, more, like, you know... Like, he just, he looks 6'9". You know, he looks yeah, very he tall. Like... And it's a so very I, strange way to word it, but absolutely. Right? Like it's like he just looks big. He mm-hmm. looks and so I was trying to think like who who could play someone like Wolfgar, who could play like physically. And I was like, it's I mean, I immediately thought to you know to my other fandom love of pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Like I was thinking at first, like maybe Brock Lesnar, but like, but Brock is more wide than tall. Like I wanted someone. I wanted someone, you know, more tall than wide. And I thought Commander Aziz would be a perfect fit for Wolfgar. It's a solid choice. Well, before I changed over to the animated format that I'm running with, uh, I had picked I had picked him as a live action uh, person first. And I would just I went with the mountain because I couldn't think of. Yeah, that was, that was my initial. Big That's a solid. Yeah, I could see that, too. But after I went with the animated format, I changed it over to Travis Femmel, who you would better know as Ragnar Lothbrook from Vikings. Okay. And I, he he could just take that seriousness because I mean he's been I mean in Vikings he was in he was in that World of Warcraft movie. I mean he knows how to be a, a fighter barbarian. He mm. can make that come mm-hmm. across with his voice. Uh, I think Diddy Jones. Uh, would be a solid yeah. choice for that too. Yeah, Vinnie Jones would be good for sure. And uh they don't really show up in the first book, although you know they still I mean, if if you know if you're changing the source material a little bit, you could definitely include this story in the in in an adaptation of the Crystal Shard because at the beginning of the second book, it's revealed that this person has been hunting Regis for years now. I think three years at this point. Mm. Uh, and so, but like I said, physically doesn't show up in the Crystal Shard, but I wanted to get this character in in as soon as possible because I <laughs> love them so much. <laughs> Artemis Untreri, who plays the assassin, sort of um, Pasha Pook, uh, the <laughs> guild master uh, of the thieves guild and the assassins guild uh, in Kalamshan. Uh, Artemis and Trary is essentially Dritz. Initially, it's it's like you know um, dichotomous other. Like it's it's everything that you know uh, emotionally that Dritz isn't, but physically they're almost the exact same. Like you know they are you know sword wise they are equals. The other they side are... of his coin. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. And so, yeah. and I'm not, a, you know, I envision like initially, like, envision Artemis Trace, but it's very, like, sort of like, you know, grizzled, like, you know, wearing the, wearing the scars of his uh, lifetimes of, of his work, you know, mm-hmm. on his face. Um, and, you know, just a very grizzled, like, you know, um, um, kind of like, um, 
like the way Edward James almost kind of looks, you know, like, you know, like he's you know, very like pockmarked and just like sort of, uh, like I say, like where's the scars of, of his profession. But then I thought like, what if instead he's so good that he's almost like a pretty boy? <gasps> what if like he's, he's such a good swordsman yep. that he's like, he looks suave and charming and dapper and that's that's where I always go with uh, his character when I think about who and, he should be. And he seems like, and he he holds himself in such high esteem that of course he would want to look his best. He'd be a not a not full like full blown, but a bit of a dandy. Like he'd want to dress well and look well, right? You know, it like his appearance is also important to him. And so I was trying to think like who could I cat like who could pull this off like this sort of like very good looking but also menacing. And I thought of a recent Guy Ritchie movie called The Gentleman and a character by the name of Dry Eye played by Henry Golding. Henry Golding was in Crazy Rich Asians. He was in a rom-coms called Last Christmas. Like very handsome guy, like very traditionally handsome guy. And he was kind of always in that role as sort of like, you know, the just the, the, the handsome guy that, you know, will sweep mm-hmm. you off your feet. Yep, that's but in The Gentleman, he plays this very terrible character, like very menacing, very bad. And I'm like, he could pull off Artemis on Cherry very easily. Yeah, I see it. I can definitely see that. That is a, that is a solid choice, sir. That's, yeah. yeah. And I'm with you. He's a, he's a I mean, he's, He's weathered, but he does keep himself quite uh, presentable. Right and, right, and he like he might have, uh, you, you know, he probably has a few scars, which you know you could add on, but uh, in 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 effects and it's makeup, a, it's a solid balance of the uh, of the the delicateness and the suaveness and the oh, what is the word finesse that would be required to be that kind of a swordsman? No, yeah, but absolutely. also has enough of the other qualities to balance it out it's beautifully done beautifully done sir this would be i'm like i want to watch this show now uh so we've got bruner up next who did you cast as bruner battlehammer the king of mithril hall uh christopher heidi the uh uh you would know him better as torment giant spain of the free folk ah right that's, okay that's a solid decision he also had some very interesting hotel commercials for a while. <laughs> and so for my live action adaptation, uh, I cast Simon Pegg. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, like physically, obviously, we're we're going to have to, you know, I mean, uh, do some like Lord of the Rings type action. Makeup, with, yeah. Yeah, with the yeah. dwarf. Uh, but for some reason, I... You know, there's, a, there's this part at the end of the crystal shard where Bruner sort of like, I mean, and here's the thing, like, you know, throughout the entire book, you like Bruner's presented as this like very gruff, very like, no, not like dwarf. He's a dwarf, right? <laughs> He's like, mm-hmm. he dwarfs are going to dwarf. But at the same time, like there are, you know, actions like, you know, he adopts Caterbury, you know, when she loses her family, this, this human, mm-hmm. you know, baby and raises her as his own. And, you know, there's, you know, how Wolfgar comes into his life is sort of the same thing. Uh, and then, you know, how accepting he is of Dritz when there are so many other folks who mm-hmm. won't accept him. 
you know, you you start to realize like, yeah, he's got this gruff exterior, but he's got the most amazing heart. And at, there's this one uh, uh, part at the end of Crystal Shard where you realize like he's not only got this great heart, but he's also got this incredible sense of humor. Like he's, Solid. And so oh, yeah, I, I wanted to, I was trying to find an actor that could portray all that. And also I just love Simon Pegg. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, If I if I if if you put me in charge of casting any movie or TV show, I would try to find a way to get Simon Pegg in there. That's fair. Which I was uh watching the boys on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he should have he should have okay. And and so if you read the comics, you know, that started like you know that the show is adapted from the uh the character the main character is Simon Pegg. It is you know, that is 100% Simon Pegg. Like, Huey is Simon Pegg in the comic That's books. Fair. But of it's course, like, fair. Huey is, you know, the character is, like, you know, mid-20s. And so Simon Pegg could, you know, physically couldn't play that role in a TV show. And so mm-hmm. what they did is they cast him as Huey's father. Yeah, it was a nice nod to him. Fantastic. Just... Yeah, I loved it. I loved it a lot. And so... Uh. So now we come to the end of our casting call. None other than Dritz Duarden. Oh, buddy, May... did you did you not did you not cast Ertu, the Baylor demon? Well, I mean, it would be uh, you know, it's it's a I, being live action, it would be CGI and it would be a voice, and so you know, I you you could go any number of ways. You can go uh, Idris Elba or Benedict Cumberbatch, anyone that has like a great voice, uh, Hugo Weaving. Although uh, now that Legends of Mo- Vox Machina has come out, uh, season two, have you uh, seen it? I have, yeah, I have. Uh, it's fantastic. <laughs> um, uh, the actor that they cast for um, the voice of the main dragon, and I can't remember the name now. Oh, oh yeah, that would be good. But uh, like anyway, uh, yeah, Urtu is you know it's a it's a demon. You know, being live action would be CGI. So it would have to be a voice regardless. So uh, yeah. who who did you cast for the voice of Urtu? Frank Welker. You may know him as uh, the Anaconda from the movie Anaconda or, you know, Megatron. Uh, Frank Welker did uh, okay, The Cave okay. of Wonders. He, he was The Cave of Wonders from Aladdin. And that was the voice I would want him to use to voice uh, Urtu, the Baylor Demon. So... Think of that giant cave from the beginning of Aladdin, mm-hmm. and that's the voice. Right. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. Like I was thinking more. Uh, you went Transformers, uh, good guys. You went Autobots. I went Decepticons. I'm like, yeah, Hugo Weaving would work. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, and uh, I just got a Crinch Shinnabon has a voice. I would go with Kate Blanchett. You know, the nice. elf queen. Uh, and the only other, let's see. Oh, and really ones. quickly, Lance Reddick plays, is the is the voice of Thordak in Legends of Vox Machina and oh. does a fantastic job. If you have not That's seen, it. if you have not seen uh, the first three episodes of season two, they're already out. Uh, and which is just crazy. Like the fact that there is a, you know, D&D tabletop role-playing game inspired show on TV right now. That's That's very good. Like we're living in 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 amazing times. Uh, welcome to the future. Welcome to the future. <laughs> uh, 
I put uh, Matron Malice, who is going who will make an appearance uh, as Angelina Jolie. Charlaxel, oh, perfect, perfect. Yeah, Charlaxel is Will Arnett. That's that's inspired. That's inspired casting. Charlaxel, for those who don't know, is a sort of a rogue drow, and rogue in the terms of like he's a houseless drow. He doesn't really. He's a mercenary. And he doesn't, yeah. he's not really beholden to any house, you know, in, in drow culture. And it's sort of like, um, just a, a mercenary for hire and very much like then that swashbuckler sort of like, uh, archetype. And so oh, Will Arnett awesome. would play that perfectly. <laughs> and yeah. one, one last one before we get to dress, uh, Cassius leader of 10 towns mm-hmm. is John Legasamo. Nice. I like that. A lot. Okay. I like that. A lot. Well, yeah. Yeah, you could never go wrong with him. He's, That's a selling great. point. Yeah, John Leguizamo, totally a selling point. And so before we get into Dritz, any uh, Marys you mentioned? I did. I, uh, I had a uh, thought on Bruner. I would have uh, gone with Kurtwood Smith. Kurtwood Smith for uh, The Voice or for uh, Live either or. Either or. Either or. I feel a solid either or. Uh, probably best known as Red Foreman oh, from Red that Foreman. 70s yeah. show. Yeah, that would uh-huh. be a good one. I just, I just, it, I can't let it go. I had to, I had to interject. No. <laughs> the worst, he's even, I can even, he feels even more like an old school, like of the animated, like dwarven character. Even, yeah, he really, he's got that vibe to him, and the voice That's... and the texture of his voice for it doesn't have the stereotype accident, accident, accent. Good grief, stereotype <laughs> accent, but. I think it would be a solid choice. It is a solid choice. And words is hard. Words are always hard for me. They, um, they're actually, Kurtwood Smith was actually in a few episodes. Uh, he's actually, um, uh, in several Star Trek, mm. uh, like, uh, media. He played the Federation <laughs> president, hmm. um, in uh in one of the movies so like he's definitely he was a um cardassian in um uh, deep space nine i believe uh played by so he's not a he's not a stranger to heavy makeup and effects and prosthetics right so i believe he would be uh i think he would be fine with playing bruner Battlehammer. that's right hollywood are you listening we need these movies here for it, and so Dritz Duarden. Who? Oh, yeah, who'd you pick? I picked in the live action. I was trying to find someone that not only would um would like uh acting wise would work, but also uh, physically. You know, Dritz being a being a drow, you know, a, a slight you know slight uh less than average height than you know what a human would be. So someone a bit on the shorter side. Yep. And I was thinking who, and I, and I was also thinking there's a bit of the, you know, the, the, uh, the money-making aspect in me, like who, like I, what big name could we attach? Yeah. Cause obviously like, you know, Simon Pegg is known like Haley Steinfeld or, or Sadie Sink is known Donald Glover's like all these characters that all these actors that I've, that I've named are well known, but like, what's the one like, you know, tent pole actor that you could, that you yeah. could attach to the project, right? Like who is the, the Chris Pine of it all? And I went with Daniel Radcliffe as Dreads Duarden. Interesting. 
<laughs> and shit. a lot of it has to do with um i just saw him in weird the weird al yankovic story mm-hmm. <laughs> and this dude is i don't know if you've seen uh young harry potter uh, with the without a shirt on but he is ripped he is cut like this dude's in great shape <laughs> And so if he's, I don't know if he's, I I wouldn't guess he got into great shape for a Weird Al movie. I would guess that's just how he is anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so like it wouldn't be that much harder to, for him to, you know, get an even better shape and and look like, you know, one of the greatest swordsmen that, you know, Faerun has ever known. That is, yeah. that is fair. And I, I think, think the last thing I saw him in was The Woman in Black, actually. Yeah, I think he's got the, the acting chops to, to yeah, portray, I think he could. Mm-hmm. you know, the complex character that is Dritz. Oh, and so. complex is right. Uh, that is a solid well, decision. Well, I, 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 I took a nod for the fanboys of the audio uh, books, and I went with Victor Bavine as my voice actor for Dritz, just because he's been the voice of Dritz for going on 20 years yeah i mean already might as well i mean if that's if that's who the folks know and love if that if that is the voice of dritz like for me like the voice of batman will always be kevin conroy that's fair and so you know if you know whenever i whenever i hear batman's voice in my head i hear kevin conroy's voice and so if that's if that's who it is for dritz then yeah that's a solid choice it's a fantastic choice very very solid maybe choice. possibly the only choice you know that could be made in this situation for a for an animated series about mm. you know the legend of dritz i agree yeah if you have any ideas and i'm sure you do about who you would cast in your D movie uh, whether it be from you know some of the books like you know like we did the legend of dritz or or um, if it's from your own home campaign like or if it's just a, a general D and D movie, like mm-hmm. let us know. Like send us your your casting calls, send us your uh, your ideas. You can send them via Gmail, D and D Lorecast at gmail You can join mm-hmm. the Robots Radio Discord and post them in the Lorecast channel. Uh, we'd love to hear them because you know, like whenever I was hearing everyone, whenever I was reading everyone else's uh, from the community, their choices, I'm like, oh yeah, that Ooh, sounds fantastic. Oh, like yeah, I would watch good. that. Yes, that sounds <laughs> yeah. awesome. I would watch that too. So, yeah, thank you so much, uh, Darkwing, for joining us. Yes. Uh, thank you for having me. Of course. And thank you, listeners, for allowing the D&D Lorecast to be a part of your lives, even for this short amount of time. We hope to um, be a part in the future. Yep. My name is Sergio. And I'm Mary. Fare thee well, dear listener. And until we meet again, may all your 20s be natural. Thanks for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.